amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Here's my ultimatum. It's time we have this conversation. The numbers don't add up in this equation. You got it, good, no obligation. But what's in it for me? I got my heart out on my sleeve. Hello, and thank you once again for tuning in to the Brain Droppings podcast. As always, I am your host, Joe Show, taking you for the next number of untold minutes along a journey of topics ranging from comedy to real life experiences to, you never know, the subtle PSA that could be tossed in there along the way. Um, I know that the last episode we did, the Just Deal With It episode, which talked about uh, perception versus reality, lessons, and the one to grow on at the end, um, was not necessarily my most humorful podcast, but I do believe that there was a lot of good stuff in there. So as always, I ask you to subscribe to the iTunes account for the Brain Droppings podcast or wherever you digest your podcast regularly, be it on Google Music, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, or yes, at iTunes. You will always be able to get the latest episodes of the Brain Dropping Podcast, and as always, I will drop amazing fucking content every single time I do it, whether it's comedic, whether it's PSA-verse, or whether it's part of me telling some of the stories from my own life. Now, that being said, I also implore you to please please continue to send me emails to braindroppingspod at gmail.com. I do read them all. I try to respond to as many as I can. Um, It has been incredible to see the response that I'm getting, and I'm guessing given the fact that we continuously find our little podcast popping up on other streaming sites, that my following is starting to become a herd, and I appreciate that. Now, I do get some emails that, um, emails, text, DMs on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at droppings underscore pod. That's droppings underscore pod on Twitter. Feel free to follow. I always follow back and you can DM me. Um, If you are lucky enough to know my personal Twitter account, you can also DM me there where a lot of people that have listened to the show um, from when I do my post games have also DM'd me. So that brings me to the first topic that I want to cover today. And it's one that I think I thought and uh, I assumed I should never do any of the assuming um, and just stay reality and fact-based. However, I did get a couple of uh, email feedbacks for from people who had listened to all of my episodes and had taken umbrage with some of them because they lack a sense of fucking humor. And that's not my problem. That's yours. So let me just be clear from the top for the numma-nums and the low IQ people that don't really understand what it is I'm doing here. This is a comedy based podcast. Yes, there are some life stories. Yes, there are some PSAs mixed in along the way, but a lot of it is comedy based. I'm listed on every one of those sites that I just mentioned a minute ago as a comedy based podcast. Now, I may not be your style of comedy. You may not identify with me. And you know what? That's okay. I don't fucking care. But I also don't need you and your elder millennial dribblings bitching about what fucking topics I talk about either. For the last time I checked, this is my fucking podcast. So deal with it. Either switch to a different one or fasten your seatbelt, keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle until it comes to a complete stop because I'm going to continue to do what I do. And do you know why I'm going to continue to do what I do for anybody out there that doesn't like what I do and takes umbrage and has to go to therapy for it? Let me explain it to you, okay? Real simple. The Miriam 
Webster Dictionary Definition of Comedy highlights some of the following things. Um, it started as a medieval narrative that ends happily. But in, if we want to go towards modern things, it's a ludicrous or farcical event or series of events commented on. The comic element, humorous entertainment. Now again, I may not be your cup of tea. And I D C. I don't care. I really don't. You have zero impact on my life, zero impact on my show's progression. Again, you don't like it. Don't fucking listen. Go find Dr. Phil. Go listen to, you know, I have no idea what the fuck you listen to. And to be honest with you, I don't really care. I am not going to cave to social justice warriors. I'm not going to cave to people wagging their finger at me, telling me that my content isn't appropriate for them or that they had to go, you know, sit through therapy sessions to deal out the pit in my stomach. I really just don't really fucking care at all. You are an insignificant person in my existence and you will remain that way forever. So to that I stand on the good side of what we call in America the First Amendment. Now, for those of you that need a quick civics lesson on the First Amendment in an overview, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the, my favorite, freedom of speech or of the press or the right of people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. See, the freedom of speech aspect of the First Amendment is one that I will gladly wrap my ass in the American flag over. So let me tell you about free speech and what it means to me. See, today's episode is kind of me being a little ticked in the nose. You get one or two emails that flick you every now and then and somebody tries to sound all holier than thou and they talk about their state university or state college education as though there's some sort of fucking holier than thou piece of shit. It does absolutely nothing for me. I've always, always subscribed to the belief that a person's metal, a person's overall package is not determined by the piece of paper on the wall, but by the person themselves, the actions that they take, the inactions that they don't take, and how they conduct themselves with others. So I'm sorry, I don't care if you went to Caltech, MIT, Harvard, or Plymouth State College, you really have zero clout in my book. Because, of course, this is my podcast where I can talk about anything I want. And if anybody had half a brain inside their head that were actually trying to detract from what I do, they would obviously have been dumb enough to not understand that I've changed the names to protect the innocent and the guilty, mainly because I don't have permission from those people to discuss them nor would I want to discuss them and put them in a public light where they wouldn't feel good. However, if they've done things or been a certain way that I find humorous and I want to poke fun at, guess what? I can turn Jane into Jill. I can turn Dave into Doug. And I can tell the story because you know what? At the end of the day, circling back, folks, my fucking podcast. Got it? Good. So back to the First Amendment freedom of speech. Now, what does that mean? It means something different to everybody who actually thinks about freedom of speech. Some people have a skewed view of it where it means that you can say or do anything you want at any time. And, you know, that's partly correct. And then you have the people that say free speech is okay as long as, you know, you're not hurting anybody or detracting or, or, or you're supplementing and making them have bad feelings. And that also is partly true. Um, however, as with any good argument, I hate letting tricky facts get in the way. But here's a tricky fact. The First Amendment freedom of speech affords every U.S. citizen the ability to speak freely about any topic that they want. Now, 
That being said, there are certain caveats, things that you can't do, if you will. You cannot stand up in a crowded theater and yell fire. You cannot stand up on an airplane and yell, I hope this thing doesn't blow up. Those are abuses of your First Amendment right for freedom of speech. Now, if I want to comment on anything, if I want to comment on Donald Trump and I've noticed, I don't know if you have, if you have eyes on your head, or if you've been living in a cave for the last two and a half fucking years, but it seems like everybody with a Twitter handle has some sort of opinion in a public forum because Twitter's not a pay-to-type type of site. It is a free social media platform. Everybody on Twitter has the ability and the wherewithal at times to trounce the president of the United States without fear of retribution. They have the ability to trounce House of Representative uh, Majority Speaker Nancy Pelosi. They have the right to trounce Senate Minority Le- or Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. These things can happen. If you watch the news, it has more opinion than fact, and that's okay. You know, it takes a bigger brain to figure out that that's happening. But if you don't and you think that the news is straight fact like the gospel, then again, my podcast, not for you. So back to freedom of speech. I can talk about anything I want. I could talk about the sun. I could say I could spread a flat earth theory if I had a small enough brain to do so. Ah, did you see what I did there? I exercised my first right, my freedom of speech. I said that the earth was flat and I did it in a satirical manner. (gasps) That's comedy. See, this isn't fucking difficult, people. But I'll tell you, rarely do I respond to things that are bothering me. But the catharticness of having a podcast affords me the opportunity to do so. I do so in an anonymous way. Like, I don't have to name you. And if you are narcissistic enough and a megalomaniac enough to think that I'm specifically talking about you with my hidden jabs and my, you know, slights, then you, sir or madam, are absolutely dumber than I've ever, ever given you credit for. If you are so self-important that you think that I spend my time creating the motherfucking amazing contact content that I do on a podcast to podcast basis, utilizing you as my muse, oh, there is a special padded room for you. There really, really is. Um, a, I don't. B, you don't know me. None of you do. That's the beauty of podcasting. I am who I am. You get glimpses of me through the episodes I post. But for the most part, I may or may not say hello to you in public. And you know what? More often than not, I don't. I'm an introvert. My extrovert abilities come out when I'm allowed to podcast, when I'm in my job. My job requires me to be an extrovert. So in my downtime, the last thing I want to do is be an extrovert. The last thing I want to do is make new friends. I have a good group, okay? I have a phenomenal group of friends. I have a phenomenal family structure. I have a phenomenal, phenomenal setup. I don't need anything else. I'm not doing this podcast to gain friends, to gain followers. I'm doing this for me. This is my therapy. This allows me to get out my feelings when I'm not feeling very trusted or or well-liked or I don't feel people are taking me seriously enough. Yeah, this is my therapy. This is what I choose to do. And I'll be damned if anybody's going to fucking trounce it. Okay? Do me a favor. Don't listen. But for those of you who, quote unquote, get the joke, find me amusing, and enjoy listening to my podcast, especially when I do my crazy little voices like this, then please continue to subscribe, listen, and right into the show. Other than that, go suck a dick. Seriously. I don't have the time, the energy, the patience to deal with it. You are an insignificant pimple on the ass of humanity. Just embrace your role, okay? Um, So beyond that, this person that sent me the DM and subsequent email on top of that was absolutely offended. 
that I have a fear of midgets. Yeah, and gingies. Uh-huh. And I'm not a I'm not embarrassed by it. Hell, I would be more embarrassed if I was afraid of a spider for which I'm a thousand times the size of. Okay? Then I would be afraid. I would I would be embarrassed if I was afraid of a snake living in the Northeast. And before you animal rights activists get all over my ass about this, yes, I do understand that there is one poisonous species of snake native to the Northeast and specifically New Hampshire called the Diamond Head Rattler. I get that. I'm not going hiking where I'm going to run into a Diamond Head Rattler, which is on the endangered species list. Oh, he does homework. Yeah, I do. So beyond that, um, if you jump up and eek when you see a mouse or you jump up and you eek when you see a snake, you suck. <laughs> you absolutely suck. I, I, I'm not, I'm not making fun of you. I'm not. That's not my job. My job is not to get on the, get on the microphone and pick on you and your problems. So who gave you the right to even comment on what I do? Yeah. I'm afraid of midgets, little people, dwarfs, call them whatever you want. They make me uneasy, okay? Now, am I thousands of times their size? Nope. Nope. I might be three to four times the size of an average LP. Um, It just makes me uneasy, okay? I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I was a child in the 80s and I saw Child's Play um, with Chucky, the little doll, and it freaked me out. I don't know. I don't even like dolls. So here, you ready for this? Not that I think that I have a large segment of the audience that actually enjoys this, but I also don't like dolls. I don't like the American girl dolls. I find that their eyes are always watching. Now that's me, okay? I don't care if you have the entire fucking collection and you've been collecting it since I was a little girl. I really don't give a shit. I'm telling you on my platform that I'm provided with my, ready for it? First Amendment right, freedom of speech to say. Okay? So that's where I come off on that one. Um, When it comes to Gingy's, it's more of a satirical joke. I mean, Jesus Christ, are we that fucking stupid that you actually think I don't like redheaded people? I, I know for a fact that there are three redheaded people that are my age that are friends of mine, that listened to this and found it fucking hilarious. So if I triggered you or you need a safe space when I mention my predilections, my fears of of little people and gingies, then again, this podcast is not for you. Please go somewhere else. Um, So I'm glad I got that out of the way, got that off my chest. It was bothering me since the last one that I did. Wasn't sure exactly how to work it in, but I figured when I cut this one, I'm just going to make this the first segment of the podcast, get it out. It's a lot of negative energy. And I, I to know me, which again, circling back, and I, I'm going to stop doing this at some point in the episode, but I can't right now because it's still at the front of my brain. Um, to circle back, it's my First Amendment right. <laughs> so anywho, um, negativity. I absolutely loathe negativity. I loathe idiot individuals who live in the past. I loathe people that are one-uppers. I loathe people that I ask a simple question and a text message to, and they send me a whole fucking paragraph answer. I didn't ask for a paragraph. I asked a yes or no answer. Yes or no question for a, which calls for a yes or no answer. Not a fucking paragraph. Not really what I'm interested in. Okay. So, Now, was he being serious or was that satirical? I'm not 100% sure. Maybe I should talk to somebody about this. I hope so. I don't know. Jeez, what do I do? So, again, the negativity for me, for some, negativity is a phenomenally powerful statement, emotion thing. You can either wrap yourself in a blanket of negativity, live your life in a black mass of negativity, continuously stare out the back windshield of your vehicle rather than looking forward so that you can live and you can, you can foster that. And that's what drives you, that negativity, that, that, that grossness within you. And I ask you, you know, person to person, because I'm, I'm genuinely curious because I don't live that way. I'm asking 
people that embrace negativity as their life force, their, their energy, has it served you well? When you look back, when you go back to when it started for you, and for some people, negativity is a fucking birthright. They are born negative Nellies. They will always be negative Nellies. They can do nothing but see negativity. And then there are those that are, quote unquote, born again into negativity. You know, they had a life event, traumatic as it may be, and they then left the light of positivity and then they were drawn to the negativity. And I'm not trying to make a biblical scene here. There is no snake. There is no apple. And there are two, new, two naked people with fig leaves on. I'm actually asking the question. So has negativity served you well? And I got to think that maybe for some short-term goals for people, having a negative fuel, a fire in your belly, something that kind of gets you up in the morning. I got to prove my boss wrong. I want to prove my spouse wrong. I want to prove my friend wrong. Maybe that motivates you temporarily. But honestly, it's not sustainable. It's not an emotion that has the ability to serve you well. Like, for instance, I tend to garner so much of my energy from positive thought, from positive beliefs, from positivity. I don't wake up angry in the morning. I don't go to bed angry at night. I don't have angry fits of rage during the course of the day. I don't want to leave my office because I'm so enraged. Um, none of that shit happens to me, so I don't really fucking identify with people who it does. So I'm asking, it's more of a more of a question of, you know, how are you programmed? You know, there are people that are programmed so differently. You have people that are programmed um, in certain aspects of their life. They grow up, say they, they join seminary and become priests or pastors or, or you know, and continue a path, uh, path towards religion. There are people that are just naturally born phenomenal with numbers and they seem to follow a career path towards, you know, careers utilizing math uh, or engineering. There are people that are born straight edgers, you know, they're born, they, they just, whether it's a family event that's happened in their life or they've seen a person, a friend of theirs struggle they don't touch drugs or alcohol. No chance. Not doing it. I don't care if they legalize marijuana. I'm not into it. I don't drink. You know. And then there are people that are, I basically kind of lump them all together in the middle. You know, you're born, you have a normal upbringing, um, and y y you have to pick a path. You know, you have to pick a path. And we all pick different paths. You know, I wasn't always a very positive person. You know, that changed for me probably about a decade ago. So the mid-2000s, the late 2000s, like 2008, 2007, 2008, I really went on a journey of positivity because the negativity, the the quick trigger emotions, the the fly off the cuff and deal with the damage down the line or the 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 17,000 apologies for my stupidity wasn't serving me. It wasn't making me feel whole. It wasn't making me feel happy. I couldn't understand why, but I knew it wasn't. So again, we all have different ways in which we handle that. Some people turn that into a Turn in the leaf, snap of a finger. For some, it's not that hard. Think about people that smoke, you know, and they, it's time, you know, they have some sort of life event and now all of a sudden, okay, I have to stop smoking. It's not that fucking easy, people, you know, to just turn on a dime. It takes work. It takes commitment. It takes trial and error. But if the goal is to move to a different state of being, a different state of rational, rationalizing things, a different state of understanding then the journey is worth it because you're self-bettering yourself, you know? And I don't want to go down the, the addiction rabbit hole because to be honest with you, I'm not educated on the subject enough. I haven't had that in my family. I don't understand it, okay? I don't work in the field. I don't get it. But at the end of the day, I got to think that when 
an addict, whether you're an alcoholic or a drug addict or a caffeine addict or, you know, whatever it is, whatever your vice is, there's always that moment of singularity, that moment in which you decide, I need to make a change. Now, it's what you do from that moment forward that will define your successes and failures in the future. Now, there are people that go into um, addiction recovery and they become like the born again Christians of recovery, you know? And for those people that are not in recovery, that can be the most annoying fucking behavior you have ever heard in your goddamn life, okay? But who are you to judge another person's journey? You know, I might find it the most annoying fucking self-righteous bullshit I've ever heard in my goddamn life, but you know what? That's not my journey. That's somebody else's journey. That might be what they need to do to get to a place that they feel better. You know, a smoker, you know, that that one I can equate to because I know people that have smoked. I know people that have stopped smoking. I've watched them go through the withdrawals of, of nicotine. I've seen it firsthand. Okay, I've seen the mood swings, I've seen the overeating, the undereating, the, the, the quick temper, the whole deal. And I'm sure some of that is translatable to other addictions, but it's not my job or my profession to, to comment on that. I just don't get it enough. But I can tell you that whether that person who's quitting smoking is an evil dickhead for the first two weeks or three weeks of their withdrawals, or they're, you know, the church lady perfect, it, it doesn't matter. You know, that's their journey. Who am I to judge that? And the only time that I have found myself in my adult life um, get too cynical about people's journeys is when they try to push their fucking bullshit journey on me, okay? Because I have this underlying thought like, dude... I'm giving you all the fucking space in the world you need to complete your journey. I don't have your issue. I don't have your problem. Okay? So I don't need to get on your fucking train either. Ride your train. Do your thing. You get you better. Need support? Here. Need an ear to listen? Here. Need me to get in the fucking program with you? Not happening. That's just not my journey. Okay? I like my life. I like where I'm at. I like what I'm doing. I like the people around me. I mean, come on, people. Let's be honest. If you could fucking shed block a few people in your life, you would. All right? Who wouldn't? So yeah, I have a small list of people that I would shed block in a heartbeat if I could. But sometimes we can't. Sometimes we are tied to these people for eternity. Sometimes it's just because you work with them, you're stuck with them. But that doesn't mean you wouldn't want to fucking shed block if you had an opportunity. So back to positivity. <laughs> I am on a roll today. I hope that this is translating as fun for you as it has been for me. Because I'm trying not to laugh as I do this. And I'm trying to pontificate as though I, I strongly believe each position that I'm taking. And at the end of the day, I, I can't emphasize enough, not circling way too far back to the beginning, but I just don't give a fuck. I really don't. Do your thing. Do you. I do me. You do you. The two, you know, and I don't care. You know, you don't have to do each other in that regard. Like, you know, what works for me may not work for you. I'm not going to push my fucking shit on you. Don't push your shit on me. And we get along just fine. Okay. But again, going back to the positivity side of it, I do like to, to keep myself in a good frame of mind at all times. Uh, for me, that works. For me, not allowing, you know, if somebody comes at me with some immature, petty, pathetic bullshit, I just literally create jokes around it in my own head because it's so funny to me. And I don't claim to be smarter than anybody that's listening, okay? Whether you went to fucking Framingham State College, which is a college in Massachusetts, or you went to UNH, or you went to Harvard or MIT, I don't fucking care. I really don't. All I care about is the person you are and the person you're being. And you're, you demonstrate the person you are by the actions that you take. Okay? So for me, I like to volunteer. 
That's my way of giving back. Now, that may not be your way of giving back. I like to donate. I have a friend of mine who belongs to a, a religion and he does amazing things. He builds houses and schools in Africa and in Haiti. And every time he hits me up for a donation, every single time I donate. Why? Because to me, that makes my soul feel good. I may not be tight with the, you know, with J-Star. I just feel good about helping my friend who's helping others. That's my source of happiness. You know, when my son asks me to help him with something, that makes me feel good on the inside. I'm helping. I'm teaching a life skill. I'm, I'm showing him how to do something. If, you know, if my stepdaughter wants to spend time with me, it makes my soul feel good. You know, I like to do things that make me feel good. I can't live in negativity. For me, it doesn't work. And so that's why I floated that question. Like, if that is your fuel, if when you review some of the ways that you handle people in your life and you come out with the understanding that you are a negative Nelly, I, I employ you, write me. Braindroppingspod at Gmail. Tell me how that has served you. Change my mind because I really believe that the most negative people are the most miserable fucks I've ever met in my life. And I've met a few. And every single one of them is a miserable piece of crap. So I'm curious. Send me success stories about how wonderful your life is fed on negativity. And then if you can't, if you take anything from any of the podcasts that I do, if you can't isolate how being a negative Nelly has helped you Achieve the Mount Everest of your life, whether that's, you know, the the wife, the kid, the husband, the 2.5 kids, the dog, the house, the, the, the luxury cars, whatever it is. If you can't point to that, ask yourself, is that really the fuel that you need to move forward? Are you a closet positive person who swims in the negative end of the pool way, way, way too much? So... That's negativity and positivity. The First Amendment, people trying to shit on what I do, which bothers me sometimes. Um, beyond that, I wanted to talk about a few other things that have been going on. Uh, so good things. Get this right back on the fucking positive train. Um, so if you've listened to my podcasts over the past couple of months, you've noticed that I transitioned from doing Celtics postgame on CLNS Media, which I will be doing again for the 2019-2020 Boston Celtics regular NBA season. Um, whole new cast of characters and the sky's the limit for potential people. But beyond that, I have also alluded that I work for a national manufacturer of confectionery products. And I had um, an opportunity to expand upon my professional growth and join another organization. Still within the food industry, but my roles, responsibility are increased. My travel is decreased, which, you know, looking back at the travel that I've, I've done over the course of the last two plus years. Um, I've logged a lot of miles. Um, I've gone coast to coast. I've gone down south. I've gone to the Midwest, the Southwest. I've been all over this country. And as much as I wish that that travel was all open-eyed travel and amazeballs and interesting and exciting, there it, it had its moments. But at the end of the day, I wanted a better work-life balance. You know, I'm at a point in my career where the balance aspect of the want is greater than the financial grab. Um, so that being said, I was passively looking and, you know, I had a phenomenal uh associate of mine that I, I worked with in the past, um, basically say to me, do me a favor, get me your resume. My company needs somebody like you. And I don't know if you've ever been in the job market, um, whether you're passively or actively looking, whether you're forced into the deep end or you're just treading at the top of the steps, but there is some sort of special feeling that comes when a colleague not only recognizes you as a professional, but 
is excited at the opportunity that their company or they in, in, in specifics might be able to obtain your services. To me, there's no greater feeling professionally than that. To me, that's better than getting a crazy bonus that you know you may or may not have truly earned. Um, having somebody recognize the work, the time, the effort, your, your overall work ethic, that, that to me is the greatest gift that somebody in your profession, somebody in your, your league, if you will, um, can give you. And so fortunately enough for me, that colleague asked me for my resume. I sent it over. Long story short, um, in a week, I will be starting a new position with a very large multinational um, food manufacturer. Now, I'm getting out of confections, sort of. They have some confectionery products. But I'm entering a space that will challenge me professionally, um, afford me the work-life balance that I have been looking for, and overall put me in a better position to, you know, not only provide this content through my podcast, but also increase my availability for the kids. Um, my kids are older. You know, the youngest is 11. Um, and they range from 16 down to 11. So I have, you know, limited time left with the youngest. The, the three older boys are really kind of on their own with their, their interests. Um, but they do still want those, those times. I want this time for me um, to dedicate towards my family, to dedicate towards my profession, and to really, you know, enter the next chapter in my professional growth. So I'm super excited about it. Um, as always, no fucking chance I'm telling you what company it is. Just understand that um, it is, as I said, a multinational food manufacturer. Um, and it's truly a step forward in my professional growth. Although I could provide hours days. I could create a whole fucking mini series on content from my previous employer. I'm making a conscious effort to not. Um, and I'll tell you why. Now, not only does everybody at my office listen to my podcast, uh, so, that, <laughs> so that would be a little uncomfortable getting those texts and calls. Um, however, at the end of the day, I have to ask myself, and I, th I mentioned this in my last podcast, and it really does ring true. At the end of the day, no matter what it is, whether it's creating fabulous content for your podcast, whether it's dealing with your children, dealing with a spouse, an ex, a friend, when things get contentious, when things get out of hand, you have to ask yourself, what is the win if there is no win, then it's not a battle worth fighting because all it's going to do, and we've all had these throughout our time on the planet, and they are so fucking counterproductive, it's not even funny. A total time suck, a total waste of your existence, but you always have, like, if you react or you spill the tea, so to speak, about your previous employer or spill the tea on your ex or your 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 family member or your friend, at the end of the day, there's no win. It's going to spiral into a continual conversation that can last fucking years. It shaves time off your time on the planet and it takes away during the continual comments and back and forths from your children, your family, your other friends. I say... Cut the dead weight loose whenever you can. Now, in regards to my previous company, there's no dead weight to cut loose. It was just a very comical office where I could have had a lot of fun telling some of the, the, the most interesting and crazy stories that I've ever seen transpire. But I'm not going to do that because, again, I ask myself, what's the win? You know, here are the knowns. I know I'm going to piss off 50% of the people in the office. I know that down the line, 
I may need to draw on my experience and my time at this employer. And the last thing I want them to do is go, you know, I'd write you a letter of recommendation, but given the podcast episode 19 that you did on the brain droppings, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to write that. Um, so I'm not going to do that. I will tell you that I enjoyed thoroughly every moment I had at that company. I enjoyed every single person that I met, that I worked with, and that I worked under at that company. They are all extremely talented people. They are all extremely professional people. Okay, not all of them, but most of them are completely professional people. Um, They are successful in their own careers. They've provided for their families in an exemplary way. They've taken this, this idea of a company and turned it into a conglomerate in its category. I mean, there's no denying it. They, they are a phenomenal organization. So you, unfortunately, won't get to hear all of those stories. Now, who's to say over time, as people leave... Um, as the podcast progressed that I'm not able to, you know, change the names to protect the guilty. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Um, I know that as of this moment, I am extremely appreciative of my time there. I'm extremely appreciative of the people that I met and worked with. And I'm extremely appreciative of my next destination. So to that end, um, I won't say anything else other than to say I wish them nothing but the best nothing but continued success and growth in their category and space and continued professional growth um, as individuals. So that was my big announcement news. Uh, JoJo's got a new gig and I'm loving the idea of it. I'm loving the company that I'm going to. Sometimes when you go from a small privately held company to a corporate environment, um, it can be refreshing. It can also be scary. Um, Fortunately, in my professional career, I've worked for both. And so I have experience in both a a corporate setting as well as a private owner, um, small business. And taking this leap back into quote unquote corporate America is something that I'm very excited about. It's been a while since I've had a truly corporate job. Um, I've alluded to this on the podcast in the past. I owned companies. I ran them. um, I sold them. I worked for a mid-level privately held company. I've worked for small, low-level privately held companies, and I've worked for a very large corporation in the past. And so I'm going back into the corporate world where I think my developed skills now as a professional in their mid-40s are far more valuable to the organization than I was when I was in my 20s and my early 30s. So I'm very excited about the opportunity, as you can tell. Um, I think it holds a lot of potential for me from a professional. So where's the win? Oh, funny that you ask, kittens. The win is... um, more work-life balance. At the end of the day, no more travel. Uh, My travel will be day trips only. So there will be some days where I leave in the morning and I come back at dinner, but no more overnight travel, no more airplanes, no more airports, um, no more, you know, Midwest states and all that BS that came with that. Uh, No more hotel rooms, 15 nights a week, a month. Um, It's all over. So I'm very, very excited about that. I feel my energy coming back. Um, I'm really stoked about it. So should be an excellent, excellent, excellent move for me. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Beyond that, I was trying to think about anything new and exciting to talk about. I do have a show recommendation. Oh, shit, he does. Yes, I do. Um, There is a show. It is not that new. I think they're in their third season now. Um, Trainwreck TV is the category and we all love train wreck TV. You know, you're in a safe space now. You shouldn't be triggered. You're here on the podcast. We can talk about this. Everybody has a genre of television that they absolutely love to watch lights off by themselves. And I call it train wreck TV. These would be titles that include, and if you're offended and you know, need to go to your safe space and shelter, I'm sorry, but I'm about to say some triggering things here for some of your favorite shows, so please don't hate me. This is my opinion, 
This is satirical. I don't know if I have to do that after, you know, to start every podcast to just get all the the non-listeners off. But so here are the shows. They are Below Deck, Trainwreck TV. Uh, The Chrisleys, Trainwreck TV. Any Real Housewives. So New York, Atlanta, OC. I don't even know New York. Did I say New York? Yeah, New York, New Jersey, um, Atlanta, OC, whatever. Any of those. Train wreck. Uh, (laughs) But that being said, and this comes from a guy, don't get me wrong. I do not have a very well-developed television watching experience background in me. I watch like four fucking shows. I watch Law & Order, SVU, Blue Bloods, NCIS, and occasionally, if Kate forces me, I'll watch Chicago PD because nothing else is on. Um, but I don't like the way that guy talks. And I do his voice the entire time we, we listen to the episode and it drives her nut. This is my city. Um, it's the most corrupt police force on television you've ever seen in your life. Like You watch one Law and Order SVU, and then back-to-back you watch a Chicago PD, and you are yanking your hair out, begging for an ADA and internal affairs to just rain down on this department. However, I digress. Um, There is a show in its third season, and it's on TLC, and my stepdaughter brought it to my attention, and I have now binge-watched every fucking episode so far. It is Dr. Pimple Popper. Now, Disclaimer, not for the weak stomached person in any way, shape, or form. It is absolutely an atrocious show if you have a weak stomach. Now, if you are a sick, twisted son of a bitch like I claim that I am, um, you will find it to be the most fascinating show you have ever seen in your life. Now, quick history lesson, rolling the clock back way back to my early 20s, enlisted in the United States Air Force, um test extremely well. I get put into tech school for um, intelligence. I graduate from that class, top of my class. Thank you very much. Um, And then when we're all getting our orders to find out where our permanent duty station is going to be, we get called to the base commander's office individually and told that the president at the time, and (laughs) right, you do the math. I'm in my mid forties. The president at the time decided to um, do away with, I guess is the term. I don't know if there's a there's a term for it, but whatever. It's not declassified, but um, to do away with my job code, which was a Morse systems intercept, which means that I flew around in those planes that have what look like giant flat frisbees on the top of them, listening to third world countries. And then transcribe that onto a keyboard. Um, and yes, It did not take therapy to get through that after I was done, but I did hear Morse code for a few years after leaving that school. However, we were told that that job code had gone away. We were given options. Option A was to leave um, with an administrative discharge from the United States military. Uh, No thanks. Number two, you can go to 19 more months of training in Pensacola, Florida at the Naval Station and learn encryption. Nope, I still hear Morse code even when I'm awake. So that was a no-go. And then option, the one, two, three, third option, I guess, was you can pick any other job in the United States Air Force that has an opening in their tech school, and then you can do that job. So I wanted to be a police officer because I have a strong sense of morality, to be honest. Um, But beyond that, I wanted to help people. I've always wanted to help people. It's kind of part of who I am as a human. Um, However, at the time, the police academy at San Antonio was absolutely booked to um, capacity. So I was not afforded that opportunity. My secondary choice in, again, in the lines of helping people was to become a firefighter. And I specialized in being a flight line firefighter, which means nothing more special then I didn't specialize in building fires, like not building them, like, you know, put sticks together and set fire, but 
structural fires. That's probably the more appropriate term. Um, but I chose flight line, which means that I was on the airstrip wherever we were uh, to ensure the safe delivery of aircraft landing at that particular installation. So whether I was stationed at my permanent duty station, which was Davis Monthan Air Force Base in Tucson, Arizona, um, or I was on what they call TDY, which is temporary duty assignment, anywhere else in the world. And yes, I got to see a lot of places. Um, that was my job. But as a side shoot to that job, we became EMTs and then eventually paramedics. So you take somebody that has a little bit of a medical background, not enough to do anything special. I mean, if I see you choking, we're only two things are happening. Three things are happening. First things first, someone's calling 911. Number two, I'm getting behind you and we're doing the Heinlich. Number three, that doesn't work. Somebody has a metal straw. Guess what? You're getting an immediate trach. So those are the three things I can do and do well. Field trachs are fun. Um, but anywho, I don't want to get too far off the, the path here. Bringing it back to Dr. Pimple Popper, this show is amazing. She removes everything. She's a um, dermatological surgeon. So not only is she a dermatologist, but she also can operate. So people come to see her with like cysts. And when we think of cysts, we think of like on our body, right? Like you have a cyst on your side or on your leg, um, on your back. But this lady deals with cysts everywhere, everywhere. And it is amazing to see her extricate the cyst and then educate you on the type of cyst that it is. She removes blackheads. I saw her take a blackhead out of an elderly lady's ear. It looked like a junior mint. Oh, did that offend you? Do you need to go to a safe space? Just let me know. We can arrange that for you. Um, it was horrific. Uh, but there are other cysts, like cysts that appear on your head. They're called pilar cysts. Those are people that literally look like they have fucking ram's horns coming out of their head. Like, had I not known about a pilar cyst, I'd have thought straight up there was a human-demon hybrid on the show. It was bizarre. Um, but my favorite bodily extrication that Dr. Pimple Popper does, and she is a phenomenal um, phenomenal practitioner. Not only is she good with her patients, but she injects a little bit. She's, she's made for TV, if that makes some sense. She's very easy to listen to when she's describing what's going on. Um, she maybe comments a little bit too much about stuff being, you know, the stuff coming out resembling food. Like when you pop a cyst, I don't want to hear the words oatmeal or cottage cheese or toothpaste or mashed potatoes. Um, however, she removes these. Sometimes when you have a lump, it's not a cyst. And I learned this. It's called a lipoma. And a lipoma is a group of fat cells that in its inexplicably just decided to grow in an area and continue to re reproduce, replicate, um, and they form a bump. And these bumps are not like, you know, your typical, but, you know, I should mention, by the time people get on TLC to go see Dr. Pimple Popper, you're just seeing the most extreme cases. Like the average time frame between coming in to see Dr. Pimple Popper, regardless of what's happening to you, is usually six to 12 years. So it's not like that they just woke up and was like, I feel a little lump. I should go see Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, hell no. No, 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 no. No, average cyst size when you get to her is like peach. <laughs> Swear to God, it's peach size. Um, but anywho, the lipomas. She she makes a small incision and then she pops them right out. They make that noise when they come out because it's like a suction of your... It's it's between the the epidural layer of your skin and the 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 fat you know, the fat layer before you hit the muscle. It's, it's so intriguing yet. These things come out and they look like fucking chicken breasts. Um, it is the weirdest thing you can ever imagine. I saw her an episode and I hope I don't offend anybody by saying this, but a lady had like 35 in each arm. It was amazing. Now, granted when you have 35 in an arm, they're not all the size of chicken breasts. Um, some of these look like the yolks of eggs, I think was like the max size, but oh my God, they come out fully intact. They don't bleed out. They are what they are. So it's very, very interesting to me. I try to figure it out all the time and I think our recording paused oh wait no oh it's picking up steam so sorry about that if i just babbled for a second we'll have to try to edit that out but the uh 
the computer that I watch when I'm doing my podcast just froze and the mic wasn't registering anything. So I'm not sure if that last part got there. But anywho, Dr. Pimple Popper, your train wreck TV recommendation of the podcast. Uh, so I think I'll tidy things up at that point. Um, felt good about the podcast today. I uh, came in spitting straight fire. Um, and I think that's not that's a healthy thing to do. You know, rather than carry it around, rather than, you know, let it weigh me down, I need to get it out, you know? So for all the nitwits that think that they are holier than thou or want to comment on the content of my podcast, it being negative or being hurtful or triggering or picking on midges, um, here's my deal, folks. First off, read the fucking category that I'm categorized under. It's comedy. If you don't get the comedy... That's okay. Move on. I'm not for you. For the other people that listen and send me emails about how wonderful it is and how they're digging what I'm doing, hey, more to come. More to come. Um, Please don't now be somebody who likes my podcast and then thinks that they can get my dander up by sending me an email or a DM and telling me about how you know, horrific my, my podcast is. This episode, episode 17 of the Brain Droppings podcast, season one, will suffice as my one and only time telling you all to GFY. And if you need to look that up, I would suggest you start at urbandictionary.com and then just type in GFY. You'll get the picture. Um, beyond that, nothing else really cooking going on. I'm going to try to squeeze a camping trip in between now and when the kids go back to school. That's on my agenda. Whether I take them or not is a whole nother story. Um, I might want to go out there, become one with the nature and just kind of let my mind chill for a little bit before I jump back into the fray um, with this new position that I'm super excited about. I hope that you all, whether you like me or not, I hope that you all have a wonderful couple of weeks. Um, hoping to drop another one, maybe first of September. If not, maybe last week of August, we'll see exactly how that plays out. But at the end of the day, I wish you all a very good day, a very good couple of weeks. If you answered the question earlier about negativity in the affirmative, that you are a negative person, you have that speck of decency to understand that your path is not necessarily leading you in the correct direction because you're such an angry dink, then please try, work, put in the effort. You can't wake up tomorrow and be a different person. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes ingenuity and it takes determination. If you lack, if you're impulsive, if you lack all those capabilities, you're fucked. <laughs> That's all I can say. I mean, you know, you got you to want it to do it. And, you know, if you're in recovery, you know that if you want it, you got to do it. You, no one's going to do it for you. You know, you have to be the person to, to stick, to stay on course, to follow your, your end goal, whatever that end goal might be. You know, whether it's to stay sober, whether it's to never pick up a cigarette, whether it's to quit coffee, um, whether it's to, to educate others, you know, whatever your end goal is, no one's ever going to give it to you. You know, my PSA for tonight's episode is put the fucking work in, do it. You're more than capable. And if what you've been doing to date is not producing the results you want, newsflash, you need a new direction because it's not working out for you. I am Joe Show. This is the Brain Droppings Podcast, Season 1, Episode 17. Um, I don't know what to call it. Now you'll have to read it in the description. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to call it. I touched on a bunch of shit tonight. Um, again, as a reminder, please feel free to email me at braindroppingspod at gmail.com or check out all my new episodes and all my previous episodes on iTunes. I'm not ashamed of one fucking episode. Um, so check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, Google Music, 
or of course, iTunes. And again, if you have an Amazon-enabled device and you're lazy and you just want to say, Alexa, play Brain Droppings Podcast, she will play you the newest episode right through your Amazon speaker. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to doing more and more of these as we go down and progress through the galaxy of life. I am your host, Joe Show. Thanks for listening. Take care. Day after day, I'm more confused. Yet I look for the light through the pouring rain. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.